Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, Channel 10 looks to the past to save its future. Exclusive details on just what Tracy Grimshaw will be doing next year on Channel 9. Plus, Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore, well, they're making headlines in the US for all the wrong reasons. Welcome to the podcast where people in the industry get their news. Why, this is TV Black Box. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Hello, friends. Hello, lovers. It's Rob McKnight here for another fun-filled edition of TV Black Box. Joining me tonight is the one and only TV People's presenter, David Robbo Robinson. Hello, Robbo. Hello, Rob. So excited to be here. I can't wait to see what Channel 10 brings back next. Maybe Agro's Cartoon Connection uh, <laughs> or, you know, something like that from the 90s. It's, it's going to be great. I can't wait. Well, we'll talk about that. From the people's presenter to the people's producer, it's Abby Nicholson, <laughs> producer for Weekend Today. Hello, Abby. Hello, Jeez. Rob. Um, I am recording tonight on Dharmarugal land and would like to pay my respects to the elders past and present of this land. From the people's producer to the people's and the viewers' advocate, it's none other than Steve Mulkey Mulk. Hello, Mulkey. I'm loving these intros. Hello, Rob, Abby, Robbo, and, and hello, everyone. I'm recording tonight on the land of the dark and junk people. I'd pay my respects to their elders, past and present. And I put a vote for Channel 10 to bring back Boris's Breakfast <gasps> Club. I love that show. I've got a little breakfast bowl of that. I, oh, I have beautiful. to be honest, I don't know this one. No, neither. Uh, it, it did. It was largely a BTQ7 yes. production, though. It did go national for a bit. I'm so glad you said BTQ there, Mulkey. I love that. Thanks so much. Nice um, uh, Eric Summons, who was on Wombat, right. was Boris the Black Knight. And uh, he, he lived in a castle and he threw to cartoons. It was basically Agro's Cartoon Connection before Agro. There is a very excellent clip on YouTube yes, of them having... Because they had... You know, it was always messy and always crazy stuff. And they, for whatever reason on this day, had like shredded paper <laughs> all, all over the set. And they were want to let off sort of bangs and explosions and stuff to scare Boris. Because Eric was quite jumpy. They let them off once, and the, the shredded paper caught fire. Oh, yeah. So they had to cut filming, <laughs> and then you see people run in with fire extinguishers, including Boris, who'd run away <laughs> yeah. and come back with a fire extinguisher so, to put so out good. the fire in his castle. Yeah, look it up. It's really good. <laughs> oh, can you send me that clip? We'll include it in the show notes so people can see it's that. Really good. That'd be great. Well, it's another big sure. week in the television industry, so let's get into it, because late news is coming back to 10. As exclusively revealed by Kevin Perry on TV Black Box, the network is bringing back its late-night evening news bulletin. The move is thought to target modern viewers who can't watch the earlier editions. 
There are also hopes it will enhance late-night viewership, retaining audience from their 8.30 triumphs. You know, we're talking Gogglebox Australia, Have You Been Paying Attention and The Cheap Seats. Channel 10, of course, had declined to confirm or deny the story, so we look forward to their confirmation soon, Robbo, when every other media outlet will declare the rumours of 10 Late News coming back have been confirmed and give TV Black Box no credit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, welcome to showbiz, isn't it fun? I do want to work here. Um, I there are rumours in the industry, I... Robbo, rumours. <laughs> all started by Kevin Perry at TV Black Box, which aren't rumours. Yeah, well done, Kevin. And you know what? This will form part of uh, an intro in the coming weeks when they do confirm. Oh, and we will mm. say, as TV Black, Black Box true. confirms, there was 10 news... 10 Late News. Um, I'm a big fan of 10 Late News. At their um, Yeah, it was... A, uh, yes. Um... In the 90s, it was the thing at at 10.30, you would, oh, it, it, yes, there was a different programming, but I remember it in school and in high school, it would be 10 late news and you'd watch it. And I Ed loved Forward it. Ed Forward became and a star, I, yeah. Yeah, yes, institution. exactly. Ed yes. Forward, then mm-hmm. Sandra Sully. Yes. When Ed Forward got poached by Channel 7 for their own late news and then they gave up on it, she went to yeah. Melbourne to become co-host. That didn't quite work out. And Sandra Sully went on to become the star and still there today. Exactly right. And I love Anne Forward. I think she's a great yeah, presenter. We had her on, I think, a couple of times on mm. Studio 10. And, yeah, I was awestruck. Um, what they did as well, and they changed things up a little bit. So you'd remember, Rob, just as we were starting Studio 10, uh, they were introducing live music at the end of the bulletin. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was, I that was the Hamish McDonald That's fine. Uh, version. I kind of liked yeah. it. I was not a fan. Acoustic, there was... Oh, I liked it at the end. It was a different lighting. It was uh, low-key, but it was I did like colourful. how they used the space. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, it was mm. really, really good. I really liked it. That didn't last very well, uh, very long either. I think this is great. Because I'm, there were I'm probably a, graphic designers who complained about the noise. That was always the thing at yeah, Channel 10. Right. They didn't care about making TV if you made some noise in the atrium. How dare you make television yeah. in this building? Uh, do not get me started on that thing. <laughs> I, at a TV yeah. network. Oh, no, seriously, it was it. an issue. It, when no, Studio I, 10 I was forced to move out into the atrium, the first week there were complaints about the noise. Mm. And, and and I remember seeing someone who was working for 10 Daily posted one time, like, this is what I have to deal with. And Studio 10 was doing a band or something. Oh, like yeah, that. this is And I remember bell. thinking, you're working at a TV station. <laughs> Yeah, no. Nah, but I work for an internet company, mate. That's what that is. <laughs> just chill you, cool your jets, and let me do my job about posting about this meme from a show. <laughs> um, look, it'll be, it'll be really helpful, I think, to see Ten Late News come back because it is so synonymous with the brand, at least for, gosh, the last couple of generations of people that have watched Channel yeah, exactly. Ten ever. Um, and and it's probably like from our point of view, really great timing to reflect that we all know Sandra Sully was mm. on air. 20-something years ago when uh, the, the 9-11 yeah. attacks took place and, and then held our attention for most of the night. I didn't realise until just recently that a young Natalie Barr got thrust onto Channel 7 to pick up the story as it started to play out for them because they, at whatever reason, didn't have the news on or something, but that Sandra Sully was literally well, on 10 was the only one with the late when news it, uh, outside of whatever the ABC was doing with Late Line or whatever. 10 were the only one that were on yeah. air when all this was happening. Hmm. So I, I think whoever does front that is, is stepping into some very big shoes and certainly some nostalgia-filled shoes. But a really, I think it's a really smart move by Ten and a great get by Kevin to bring that to the mm. fore. 
it needs to start at the same time. Yes. Every single yeah. night. Yeah. So there was a time where um, 10 Lake News was... Yeah, we know that's not going to 10.30. 10.30 was when well, it started. Well, no, I, I think they'd be going for a 9.30 because coming off no, the no, goggle boxes and the yeah. like, uh, around that yes. 9.30 mark... They need to. ...is where it needs to be. Yeah. Consistency is the key. Otherwise, they'll go, Correct. oh, yes. people aren't watching this because it's on at 9.30 one night, 10.40 the yeah. next, 10.05 the following night. Yeah, yeah. Um, consistency would be the key. All right. Jimmy Fallon is the latest celebrity to be exposed for allegedly fostering a toxic workplace environment. Two current and 14 former employees at The Tonight Show have spoken out about their treatment. His behaviour was described as erratic, throwing hissy fits and appearing intoxicated or hungover at work. At least four people sought professional help for suicidal ideations as a result of their time working on the show. After the news broke, an emergency Zoom meeting was held with Fallon and his staff where he reportedly apologised, calling it embarrassing and saying he felt bad. Um, Abby, mm. um, what do we think here? Because someone sent me a text saying, do you think he'll be cancelled? Now, do you know what? There are some people in the industry that viewers think are a bit of an arsehole, Mm. you know? And so if if bad behaviour came out about them, there wouldn't be a level of surprise from the viewers. Mm -hmm. The problem for Jimmy Fallon is that it completely goes against his brand. Yeah. He has the brand of, oh, Mr. Nice Guy, you know? Yeah. Good guy, funny guy. So two questions. Mm. Do you think this will hurt ratings? And do you think it will lead to or should lead to a cancellation? Um, oh, I think you're right. It was the same problem with Ellen and it was the same problem even more recently with Lizzo is that when these people have built their brand on being happy-go-lucky and then it turns out they're not, people find it a bit more... Yeah, if someone came out and said Rob McKnight's an arsehole, people would go, yeah, we knew that. Exactly, yeah, for sure. <laughs> exactly. No, but it, it feels like more of a betrayal, I guess. And I, oh, I think maybe it could hurt him... In the immediate, I don't think in the long run, I don't really buy into this whole people get cancelled. I find that people get forgiven for a lot worse. Yeah. Way quicker. For a lot worse than this. Um, I do do think it'll force a behaviour change because I think possibly when he started, maybe, I, I just think the times are gone when stress was an excuse for being an asshole and being aggressive and being whatever just because you're the top dog. I think that time but is can over. can I just say, mm. in some cases, it has been legitimate. When you are fronting something as mm. the presenter of that show, there is a lot of pressure on you to yeah. make it work. Exactly. And exactly. he would feel responsible for, mm. even though he's being an asshole to these people, mm. he would feel responsible for each and every person's job mm. because if he doesn't make it, that show's gone mm. and that 120 staff or whatever it is, mm. they're gone too. So I don't doubt it, it's a double-edged that. sword. Yeah, I, I don't doubt the pressure. I just I also don't think that's an excuse for a certain level of behaviour, which when you're talking for people having suicidal thoughts and things. I, yeah, I, I, it, I agree with that. It's clearly gone too far and I, I don't think it's an excuse and I think most people can't get away with it and he has possibly gotten away with it for so long because he is Jimmy Fallon. And I, I think there's a couple of things at play in, in this. First of all, um, you're right, Fallon has always played the nice guy persona and, and that will in part help save him from cancellation. Uh, we also acknowledge it with the WJ strike flying around. 
all of these things coming to light only then add kind of momentum to when the show returns, how will Jimmy address it? So there will be a whole segment guaranteed to his mayor culpa or whatever it's going to look like. Um, it probably will work better for him if this is if he's really sincere about having an issue, he'll be seeking treatment. Before the strike ends, however... Does he have to seek treatment? Jimmy, along with... Like, if, if it's a wake-up call to his... If it's coming out of alcohol but, abuse, then yes, he would. They'd absolutely be on his case yeah, to but get treatment. If it's a wake-up call and he's realising, you know what, it's not worth it, me getting so caught up in it, uh, I'm going to back off. I mean, is that a thing where he has to go to rehab or something like that for getting the shits with people? It's not getting the shits. There's issues around his excessive consumption of alcohol. Sure. It's essentially the, the the story is that it's coming out of his alcohol abuse that is causing this, and we will probably get I I hope some of it addressed. Um, Fallon, along with Kimmel and Seth Meyers and John Oliver and Stephen Colbert, are currently running a podcast mm. twice a week called Strike Force Five. Um, so and, that's and the they, thunder and lightning effect. Those episodes have been pre-recorded it. ahead, so they haven't got. Yes, but there's only yeah. this Friday's, which is the end of that pre-record. How will they address it? How will it mm. be addressed? Will it be addressed? They'd be crazy to not talk mm. about it, right? They really yeah. need to to lean into this. It will not surprise me if Jimmy talks about it and says, "And so I'm now getting, I'm you know, I'm attending AA or I've gone off to rehab or whatever, whatever." Um, however, that works. It's it's look, it's super fashionable. We know that. Go to go to your your 12-step program, go to rehab, get it sorted out, come back, cry on television, you're forgiven. Um, I think that the challenge for Fallon is is exactly the thing that we said helps him, is that because he's known as the funny guy, to hear that there's this sinister behind-the-scenes kind of view of him is actually going to make it more difficult, I think, for him to be forgiven. It won't cancel him. I just think what will happen is that there'll be just less people that... Sounds like, like every comedian who has some kind of issue. Robbo, you have been on the edge of your seat wanting to get in on this conversation. I'm sorry, but we're out of time. Joking? <laughs> <laughs> See you next week. It's the Matt Damon, um, Jimmy Kimmel. Um, yes. <sighs> I'm going to try and sound not like a wanker here. When when you're on camera and things are happening, and uh, that's true, and things are happening and things are moving, um, you are out there. You are just there, and so you have to rely on all of these other people behind there who can go and do things and, and say things to you and and give you the information, all of that kind of thing. Um, so there's a lot of trust involved in that, um, and sometimes um, through no fault of anyone, things kind of collapse a little bit. Um, and that can create a lot of pressure, like you were talking about, Rob, where you're, where you're out the front there, it's quite stressful. That's no excuse for bad behaviour, but that's also human, right? So things can happen and um, it, it, there's always tension, I think. And tension is good uh, in, a, in, a, in a good way. Tension is good in a good way. Wow, I should, I should really write for well a little yeah. um, Did you but, ever write scripts? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I did. Uh, but do you know what I mean? There, there is a certain amount of pressure there on these people. So Jimmy Fallon doesn't wake up going <laughs> and touches everyone while he walks around. It's not like that. He's a, he's a person who has to get himself prepared. He has to get himself ready. And he has to trust the people around him. However, isn't it? It's just coincidental because I understand that he was going to apologise. But then this story came out at the same time. What the he chances? feels really bad. He had been planning. He so had been planning to apologise. <laughs> Guys, we've got to get that Zoom yeah. call. Get him going. Oh, shh. 
shit. What the? What are the? What are the chance? What a load what of shit. So, yeah. so I, this I has been going on, on for a long, yeah. long, long, long time, and it's only because it broke. Of course. That he just feels terrible. He would have known that he was being a prick. Yeah. He would have known that he was yeah. being an asshole. I knew at points where I was like a prick to people, and it wasn't nice. I apologise. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've been you? waiting for that apology for so long. <laughs> Oh, I've apologised to you so many times, and you've done it to me too. Uh, well, while we're, we're in the tone of apologies, boys. Rob, did you have something to say? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Me? No? What? Not at all. No. <laughs> that's, that's where we've landed. That's what I was hoping for. Also, just on a side note, I can't stand Jimmy Fallon. All right. Um, let me talk ratings, because there's been a bit happening, and Mulkey, am I believing yes. you need to yes. eat a little bit of humble pie, my friend? Oh, am I? Do I? Why? Why would that be right? <laughs> well, you know I walk through the corridors of Channel 7 these days and it has been pointed out to me by a couple of people that they that Mulkey said, oh, MKR and season launch will be the highest and then it'll go down. It hasn't, has it, my friend? <laughs> no, it, it really hasn't. And it has surprised the, the pants off me, frankly. Um, congratulations to the whole team behind MKR because it has lifted. In fact, last night's episode was its best of the season yet. Wow. So it's lifted above um, the, the season premiere. So is and that look, against the trend or is that yeah? what you like? Because you were pretty emphatic and I, I didn't know any better either way. So is that usually the trend? No, it's it's definitely against the trend. The standard is here's your big opener, and then it's kind of diminishing returns until the last few episodes where it might pick up, and certainly your finale should be somewhere good-ish. Mm-hmm. I mean, take the traders as an example. It just did downward, 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 and then a little bit of a peak up at the end. Yeah, but it. peaking up from a lower audience than Sunrise for a primetime show for its finale... <sighs> Can That's I say really something a... about the traders, though? Because I feel like the other networks are being a bit harsh on 10. Everyone, there have been a lot of flops lately. There have been a lot of shows that have been moved to secondary yep. channels or bumped from their time slot, whatever, because no one's watching them. Then 10, yes, has a show that is not rating well. And all the other networks come out and are like, oh, look at 10. They're doing shit. They're doing shit. Everyone has struggled with shows recently with launches of different shows. And so I just think it's a bit bold for people to come out and jump on 10 the way they have. The the problem is... Yeah, the, the challenge is, Abby, that 10 is the perennial punching bag. They are the it's easy not just that, target, though, the low-hanging Ten, fruit. Ten's a, a, a hit for 10 is like a low number for the other networks. And so when something does fail on 10, like the traders, and even Shark Tank's doing woeful numbers... By comparison, you know, like, big. Did, did I read something that Shark Tank had the had the worst launch in... In Oztam ratings, as far as a returning show or something like that, I, I can't remember but the stats. Sorry, that blow up show and Million Dollar Island and all these things that yeah. was all terrible as well. And I just feel like it's a bit. They outrated the traders, though. Yeah, but here's the here's the PR Jedi. Here's the PR Jedi stuff. What Rob just said worst re- worst premiere for a returning series, and the two that you just mentioned, Abby, were f- first run series. Like, but they still outrated the traders franchises. But look, let's be honest, though. And the trailer should never have been problem... brought back. It's a really popular show in the UK. It didn't fire here in its first season. It's a lack of product. Now, no, look, has we want, let's save this conversation because we are going to be talking about what 10 are doing. And I, I think I've cracked the code of what 10 are planning for 2024. And I want to talk about that mm. in a little bit. What I want to go to for the moment, Mulk, is um, yes. the, the idea 
that the voice, something was pointed out to me as well, mm. that we all have a perception about the voice in that after the blind auditions, mm. it falls off a cliff. Apparently, since it's gone it, to Channel yeah. 7, and again, I'm working for Channel 7, so this is what I hear in the corridors, and I'm, I'm specifically, sure, sure. because they know we talk about this stuff, people are talking to me about it, okay? So I'm, I'm declaring yep. where this information is coming from. But it was pointed out to me yep. that The Voice hasn't done that since it's been on Channel 7, that it doesn't fall off a cliff after the blinds. In fact, it's actually held or even lifted out of the blinds. Uh, I mean, yes, the, the, to really quickly double back and hit the MKR mm-hmm. thing, Look, I I am pro, particularly Aussie content. I know you are. So that MKR is lifted is great. Absolutely, I predicted it to do the other. It is absolutely bucking the trend of what every other show this year has done in that regard. Well done. The Voice, now that it is on Seven, is doing better than you know past seasons. But again, it's a it's a comparative issue of riches. Are we talking about national figures or are we talking about Five City Metro? Because Five City Metro it is doing almost equivalent, maybe with a few seven percentage bump points up compared to what it was doing mm-hmm. on nine. But also, it's not even easy to make a direct comparison from season A on 7 to season B on 9 because they ran at different times, they ran in different styles of format, and they also ran with largely different people and different competitions. So I, I get the, the, the just straight numbers comparison, but it's not that hmm. simple. And that swings every way. That's not just 7 to 9, that's 9 to 7, that's 7 to 10, that's all of that sort of stuff. The, the, the good thing about The Voice is that the finale will probably do pretty reasonable numbers. Absolutely. Now that the blinds have done, the numbers are down. There is no questioning that. And with it running one night a week, it is up against the biggest episode of The Mm. Block every week, and it is getting demolished by it. And I mean that politely. Just the, The Block's room reveal does huge numbers. Nothing has come close to beating that. That's where that's landing in that regard. Now with MKR, it helps seven across the week and those sorts of things. I'm going to throw you a counterpoint. While Tuesday night is pretty poor for 10 with Shark Take as a lead-in and there's the block and, and, and MKR wrestling at 7.30, that 8.40-ish time slot after it is actually really super competitive. Mm. We're seeing the cheap seats continuing to do good business but not owning the slot but doing pretty regularly, number one. You've got the 100 with Andy Lee doing really good business in the seconds. And then you've got RFDS, which is into, you know, a rarity, right? Once a week, Australian scripted drama running into that that sort of later mm. primetime slot that might not do as good as the other two shows, but it's total TV, total TV figures push it right you know, up. Like, that's really good news because that's the drama consistency. And when you've got, like, newstainment... You've got entertainment in in the hundred, and then you've got RFDS scripted drama. That's three really different, but really good Aussie original shows that are playing out and being really competitive. There's no other time slot where the arm wrestle is as close. If only someone had pitched a strip 9pm show a few years ago before the trend happened. I just keep opening the door for this conversation. If only. All right. (laughs) I just wish people would listen to me. Then everybody would be winning. Mm. Anyway, coming up, exclusive details on just what Tracy Grimshaw will be doing next year on Channel 9. Channel 10 brings back another iconic game show, and I am going to tell you I've cracked the code on what they are doing for 2024. I will, will reveal all in just a moment, and we'll also find out what everyone's been watching on the TV Binge Box. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Well, Drew Barrymore is in hot water this week after doubling down on her decision to resume her talk show in the middle of the writers and actors strikes. On Instagram, she explained her show is bigger than just her and they are in compliance with the union rules. Two audience members wearing WGA strike pins, though, were removed from the taping. However, a spokesperson for the show said Barrymore was unaware of the incident. Um, this isn't a good look. Uh, I actually say, Abby, I, I think Drew Barrymore has the right, as long as she's not breaking the rules by having writers. The Tonight Shows went back to work during the 2007 strike. As long as Drew Barrymore isn't using scripted content, isn't using writers to make the show, I don't see a problem. And if she's not using actors to promote films, but this idea that two studio audience members wearing WGA pins were ejected is ridiculous. Just really quickly before Abby jumps in, I just want to offer that, yes, The Tonight Show's during the last bit of strike action did come back, but critically, they negotiated with the union for them to come back and came back under explicit Mm. conditions. As far as we understand, the Drew Barrymore show has not negotiated with the strike action. They're just kind of going, well, but we're following the rules by not having writers and we're not getting actors and those sorts of things. But the chal- but the the problem is that they should have had conversations with the, str- with the striking bodies to meet, like to say, negotiating. Can we get these requirements and blah blah blah? That that would have eased a whole lot of pain because then this whole other WGA pin issue just makes mm. it even worse. I don't get that at all. But coming back without having negotiated that stuff is poor. I think form. it's sorry. Isn't a pin like a pin like this? In a studio audience, yes. they've got a little pin here. Let's just decide yeah. with a badge like that. You know, I'm 21 you today. Know, I'm getting married. Hand actions you're doing are great for an audio podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. no. And well done, by the way. Oh. It'll have been oh, someone spotting them as they come in, Robbo. Yeah, but you can't see them in a, like, a wide yeah, sort of an was, audience. I think they tried to kind That's of That's also bad form to take them out. Like to prevent any potential incidents. But when you're pre-taping, if it was live, I kind of get it because it's, there's a bit of risk of are they going to stand up and start causing mayhem. Do but something. In the have they got taping, so That's oh, a genuine that's concern. A I, I do get it from that that's point of really view. But in a it's just a really bad taping, look. I don't think that's mm. justified. If anything happens, you just cut. Anyway, whatever. I yeah, really Even though she is in accordance with... Hang the, on, isn't Drew Barrymore live? I thought the whole point was her show was live. I don't believe so, but maybe I'm wrong on that. I just assumed it was like every other talk show. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, me too. Someone get to the Google. Robbo, get on the Google. Make it happen. Um, I I think it comes back to what we were saying about Jimmy Fallon with someone's brand. And so even though she might be in accordance with all of these rules and everything – People are really on the side of the writers and actors who are striking. And so I think it just is a really bad yeah. PR move to do this when Drew Barrymore's brand at the moment, at least is kind of 
she's very warm and she's everyone's big sister and and I love Drew Barrymore and I love her show and I I, I think she was my pin-up girl back in the day I know I do big sister who knows where to get the coke (laughs) okay (laughs) I I, I really like her and I just think it's I I think it was a bad PR move I I get what she's saying but I just think the public don't care about the ins and outs and whether you're technically following the rules or whatever. All they know is that there's a strike on and you're not showing solidarity with those people. Um, And I think that's the message that breaks through at the end of the day. And I think it's a shame. Yeah. But what about the fact that she stopped hosting the MTV awards? She stepped down to support the writers. And I think that was great. Yeah. And and people praised her for that. And so I think it's now odd, an odd PR decision for her to then backflip on that. All right. I've got some breaking news. I'm crossing over to David Robbo Robinson, who has an update on the live scenario of the Drew Barrymore show. Robbo, what can you tell us? Well, I can tell you that live is in inverted commas in the way of it's recorded on the day, <laughs> but then played out on that day. So she thought, uh, this is from Drew herself, if I can read this and find it again. Uh, she thought that it should be produced live. It, it is at 9am. According to Barrymore, she thought it would be appropriate to be doing this where she could speak to the moment rather than risk being a day or two old. Because she's such a cultural So it's just it? same day. Oh, it's not wow. actually live. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so yeah, right. So there was no reason to to remove two people for having pins on. Yeah, no, no. But you know what? It's Drew Barrymore. Surely, I don't know. I feel like she's got enough history in Hollywood that they give her some grace and maybe assume she'll do the right thing. Oh, but she should know better. Yeah, I think that's what I thought you were going to say. She should know better having been there. So why has she risked that? I don't understand. I mean, here's the catch. She doesn't have to actually, none of them have to adhere to any of the strike rules. They can cross the picket line and do all sorts of things. The, the, on, the, the, the outcome, the consequences of that are that they'd be labelled scabbed and they, scabs and they would find it difficult to get work in union shops ongoing. So just make the deal. Just sit down and go, hey, can we go back to work? What are our limitations? How can we make this go? Hmm. And do it. It's crazy to just go, oh, but we're fitting in with the things. Mate, well hmm. done. Nice work. All right, let's talk Channel 10. We've sort of touched on Channel 10, but let's really get down to the, the, the nitty-gritty. So, this week we found out they're reviving Wheel of Fortune. They're going to shoot a version yes. with Graham Norton in the UK, which is, which is what's happening yes. everywhere. We've got Channel 9 doing it with Jeopardy, with Stephen Fry. We know that they shot the first um, series or the first run of shows of Tipping Point with Todd Woodbridge with in the Todd UK in on London, the UK yeah. set. So there is this thing of, I tell you what, at the moment, if you're an Aussie expat and you want to win some money, you've got all these game shows you can <laughs> go Be in on. the UK. Yeah. So 10 confirmed that they're doing a Wheel of Fortune with Graham Norton. So it also comes at the same time we, we did get the confirmation that 10 are bringing back Deal or No Deal, as I reported, because they did an audience call here in Australia and... In the terms and conditions, it specifically references Channel 10. So, tick, tick, and as others will say, uh, co- uh, confirming rumours in the industry, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> oh, I'm so over it. But here's my take. What's your take, Rob? My take is that Channel 10 is taking the James Warburton playbook to try and get some easy wins next year. 
Now, remember when James Warburton first came back to Channel 7 as the CEO? What did he do? There were no new product. It was all heritage brands. It was The Voice. Boom. It was Big Brother. Boom. It was the idea of bringing back Australia's Got Talent. Boom. Right? So it was all these heritage brands. And once they re-established ratings dominance, they now throw in a million-dollar island and they they, they have a slate of heritage-branded shows that they can then build other bricks on, right? That's what Ten's doing next year. Neighbours, back, boom. Deal or no deal, boom. Wheel of Fortune, boom. And I think Ten Slate, when they do their upfronts, isn't going to be about new product, as in new big ideas. It's really going to be playing it safe because... Brands that we know and love. Because they need to stay in profit. It's it's getting harder. And they're really just going to play it safe. And, Mark, I think... The 8.30 thing is really interesting. I think they are looking at that. Um, a quick thing for me. How has Gogglebox gone at 7.30 on Thursdays? Um, I think we've only had one iteration of it. Yep, yeah, it's another well, no, one we this week. But how did it no, go? I think this week is the first iteration, isn't it? Oh, is it? Oh, okay. I think so. I was jumping ahead. Because Doghouse, sorry, Dogs Behaving Very Badly Australia only finished last week. Okay, so let's keep an eye on that because this to mm. me is, I keep saying Gogglebox should be a 7.30 show and, and maybe 10 should look at their 8.30 offerings becoming 7.30 shows. They're not going to do that, but Gogglebox would be an interesting start. Yeah, the challenge is some of the content they show sometimes, but yes, I mm. agree. Yeah, but 7.30 now, you can show a lot more than you used to be able to show. Yeah, but not as much as you can show at 8.30. Of course, of course. But what do we think of 10 strategy, Mark? What do you think of the idea that they're going to have a year of playing it safe and trying to bring back these these old branded shows and, you know, these heritage shows to try and get some, in quotation marks, easy wins? Yeah, I, look, I like the idea of leaning into heritage or nostalgia brands. I think that that is going to play well. I think that it's absolutely heaps cheaper to make it in the UK with expats than it is to make it here. Um, particularly I think if the on format a short run exists. basis, but if you... Yeah. Like, Tipping Point is now a 52-week sh- year a show, or 40 weeks, or however many new weeks they're going to do, which means that it becomes problematic to shoot it over in the UK. You do need to... Oh, no, so yes. Anything that's volume, but if you're doing six to eight to ten correct. episodes... Because mate, a set you'll fill that in the UK, not a problem. dollars easily. That's right. Well, that's it. Particularly if the set exists, if it's a working set in the UK, mm. then you just walk on and do it, right? right? It's a booking. Um, I, I think that there is... I'm, I'm not confident that game shows that this market otherwise saw as late afternoon slash leading into the news shows are going to necessarily cut it at prime time the way that they would hope because that nostalgia factor... We re- remember that we would tune into Deal or No Deal at five o'clock, or that we would tune into Wheel of Fortune at five or five thirty. Um, so that that is going to oh, work I do against think deal them. At Having six could work, but Wheel of Fortune yeah. in prime time. Graham Norton doesn't rate here. Now I love him, love him. Not right. as strong as they would hope. I agree, and maybe this is the the opportunity to get him outside of the chat show environment and into a prime time Aussie special made for Aussies with Aussie voices on maybe it all of make the a time. Bit of noise, but I don't really see Wheel of Fortune rating. It is out of all the shows, it really is a a dated format. 
And I think it's the game show format that's going to work against them. All of the reasons that you're talking about, yes, but I think the pinnacle reason is that it's it's game show stuff. Mm. Where's the other ideas? Where's the other stuff? That, and, and I I know we haven't yet seen tens up front. There could be a whole other stuff. Oh, and we haven't even mentioned the fact that it. they've confirmed Gladiators coming back. You know that yes. which which goes to my heritage brand. This is what they're doing. Yeah, but again, another flipping game show. Mm. Yes. I think that um, Wheel of Fortune especially is uh, is very much an afternoon show. So if you're going to put it as primetime specials, it needs to have way good more showbiz. Yeah. Showbiz. It needs to maybe have a live band or something. I know they're not going to do that, but a live band or a, a, you know, a celebrity guest. No, no, but it needs more than that because all we're seeing is John Burgess, uh, who I love. It's uh, a rigid know, it, format. It just, it, it's, Spin the damn yeah, wheel, guess the letters. That's it. I know, but if you can make it showbiz, it's because... Taking something from the afternoon can be a little bit, you know, what I say, flatter colours. But if it goes yep. into prime time, the colours have got to pop. Brighter, so shinier. Make the colours yep. pop. Yeah, brighter, shinier, glossier. You need to make that difference, especially with wheel. And I hate that I just call it <laughs> wheel. I hate it when people short the names of things. But if you're doing wheel at prime time, <laughs> it needs to be to more showbiz. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah they, they did. All right, yeah, yeah, that's right. I love but that. But oh. you're right, Robbo. And I, and I think that in part, what works in Ten's favour, even though I acknowledge what you said about the rating stuff, Rob, I think that having Graham Norton host that brings the showbiz. Having yeah, yeah. you know, having that scenario means that it does have the capacity to be shinier and brighter and all of the things because he is a great host. He is very good. He, he's excellent with, oh, with whether you are public or celebs. Like he can he's handle all of that stuff. So yes, I think it will be fine. I think if we were we suggesting that Wheel or, or Deal goes up at, at six o'clock. No, no. Which one was it? Deal Rob? is going at six. Wheel, yeah, that's going to struggle. Wheel There's just Graham no option, but that's going to struggle. Specials. But I uh, see. I'm not so sure. I think deal at six could work. And well, look again. I'm more than happy to say I got it wrong. More than happy because again, Australian content made by Australians in Australia, excellent. Please, can we? What we know from history is that the six o'clock time slot on commercial television is the most hotly contested time yeah. slot in the country. Ever. I don't see it beating the newses, but I do see it as offering an alternative. If it can do better, yeah. Yeah. If it can do better than, you know, well, uh, what's news, 10 years at six pulling? Anywhere between 110 to 150,000 viewers. If it can do better than that, that's a win. The whole concept of 10 news at six is so ridiculous. I've just watched an hour of 10 news at five o'clock. Why? Now, anyone who has seen any ratings in their life at that time, can tell you that traditionally what used to happen was that viewers would watch the 5 o'clock news on 10 and then switch to 9 or 7 at 6 o'clock. Why on earth would they hold on at 6 o'clock to watch the same news that they've just seen? I mean, it's idiotic. It's not for the continuing viewers, though. Come on, Rob. We know that the 6 o'clock 10 news is not for the continuing viewers. It's for the ones that get home at 5.30, They're not tuning into 10 news. That was never going to work, Mock. And what you're I, saying, I, though, I don't disagree, but that would have been the strategy. Well, it was a stupid strategy. <laughs> I, I didn't write it. Oh, I love that. I, I, I find it hard to disagree with what you're saying, Robert. Well, you're dumb. <laughs> Well, you know, clearly I am. Run these things no, by me. No, not you, not you, Mulky, We've not all forgiven you. each other. Give me a call. I'll oh. tell you. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. I have oh a prediction. God. I no? think... <laughs> <laughs> I think 
Wait, this is a new segment, <gasps> Abby's Predictions. Yes. Bum, bum, bum. Right Abby's like Crystal Balls. 5% of the time. <laughs> I think we are going to get game show fatigue the same way we currently have reality yeah. show fatigue because it seems like every week there's a new game show or like a returning legacy game show that is coming back mm, yes. and I just think I'm all I'm already over it I will watch Deal or No Deal because I love that show but it's there you go though you've just got against your own thing you're gonna watch this I'm gonna they watch found one something that them. you will watch one I say I've watched Wheel of Fortune in the same but way that overall, Abby's talking about Deal or No Deal I'm already over game shows and they haven't even come mm. back yet just from the announcements I'm already over it it's too much and I think if I could mm. ask you I'm oh, sorry mm. What's your favourite game show that you've ever watched? Uh, I was a big fan of this little show called The Five Dollar Quiz. Oh, for uh, God. <laughs> oh, were you? That's me. Yeah. Good girl. Yeah. Good girl. No, what my favourite game on? show was, the, was on the afternoon show where they did a Doctor Who quiz back in 1989. Oh, Rob, please don't give another excuse for you to <laughs> play that game. Yeah, you can include that <laughs> yeah. YouTube link in I the was show on notes it. as well. Yeah. I said hey to Kylie. <laughs> uh, surely I've shown you, Robbo. Yes. We've all no, seen, seen it before. I'll, I'll post it in the <laughs> show notes. Many, many times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of us, it involved a pay rise. But that's how we got it. Yeah. Let, us, let us play it yeah. again. Hey, Just watch um, it one more time, we, Robbo. We should talk about Tracy Grimshaw. Yay. Because. Um, By 10. We, we, we mentioned it in Malk and I's special upfront coverage last week. But and how great was that episode, Rob, by the way? So good. Oh, that lady who. Came in and gave Rebecca. her opinion about the welcome to country um, <laughs> or acknowledgement of country. Um, calling to country, actually, Robert. Calling to country. What did she say? She was hilarious. She was all for it. She was very oh, pro okay. Abby. Uh, thanks Abby, for listening, thanks for listening. Sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'll, I'll yeah, check it listening. out. Apologies. Anyway, this is why I'm bringing well, it up because um, Channel 9 revealed that Tracy Grimshaw was coming back. They didn't give any details. Yes. It took us. What, 10 minutes? They did Mark? say that, though. They did say Tracy Grimshaw's coming back and then talked about the Olympics for another 12 minutes. <laughs> yeah, well, right, they did. In they case did you didn't it. know, Nine has the Olympics. Um, <laughs> oh, God, that was. Tracy's back and we have the Olympics. And, and the news is on and we have the Olympics. And mm. uh, we've got the Australian Open and we've got the Olympics. And there's the Today mm. Show and we've got the Olympics. And we do radio. We're almost and we got at the that Olympics. point where the gag has gotten bad and it's just starting to come good again. So keep leaning into it. <laughs> oh, I'll keep leaning. And we've got Today Extra and we've got the Olympics. And we've got the block and we've got the Olympics. <laughs> <coughs> and after the Olympics, more Olympics. Anyway, so everyone wants to know what Tracy's doing. Well, your old pal is Robin Mock. We answered that last week. She will be doing two shows on Channel 9 next year. She will be doing an interview series. So I'm hoping it's it's a bit like Parky, and I sort of feel like that was intimated. But the second show will be a 7.30 shiny floor show that she will be co-hosting with someone. Ooh. Interesting. What, Sale of the Century? Is it Sale of the Century? Are they bringing that back? Now, <laughs> that's not Can I just say, I'm mate. surprised Sale of the Century hasn't come back yet. That's true, actually. Yeah, I, I agree. It's coming. Oh, I forgot to mention, Robert, you've just reminded oh. me. So, when we were talking about um, net, uh, Gladiators a moment ago, Wait. this is not my binge box because I haven't watched it, but. I was oh, hang on. To it. No, 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 Mark, before. No, no, no. When we were talking about this on the John Stanley show, 
Every Tuesday night, you can catch me at 10.07 on John Stanley, 2GB and 4BC. <laughs> that's right. What was that? What did he say? So that's why we're talking about it. No, no, no. But a viewer said there's a great documentary on Netflix called Muscles and Mayhem, an unauthorised story of American gladiators. And apparently Ooh. all the shit that went on behind the scenes. Cool. So that is actually on my list of things to watch, but is not my binge box. But. Speaking of binge box, why don't we head into the binge box and find out what everyone's been watching? Wow. Abby Mickelson, what have you been watching? Um, I have almost finished season two of Lost, which I've spoken about many times. Um, still making my way through that on Disney Plus. And the other one. Never heard of it. I'm back on is Hamilton, which is also on Disney Plus. So I am obsessed with Hamilton. When Ham- you say back on, you're watching the same. Yeah. Essentially movie over and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because everyone knows I love Hamilton and I've been obsessed for many, many years. Very lucky to have seen it live many times. And I went through a phase. You know, I I met Lin-Manuel. Yeah. And I asked if I could come and you wouldn't let me and I will hold it against you for the rest (laughs) of my life. Shit, I shouldn't have brought that up. (laughs) So don't ever talk to me about that ever again. TV Black Box, where we have long uh, memories. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always against something Rob's done wrong. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, but so, yeah, I went through a phase where I was watching the pro shot on Disney Plus like once or twice every week. And then I gave it yep. a break for about a year or two because it was just too much. And I'm back in it. And this week I've already watched it once. You're I back will, in the room, so to speak. The room where it happens, yeah. And mm-hmm. I will be watching it again this weekend. And I just, oh, it's just so good. Okay, thank you, Abby. I have been watching Morning Wars on Apple TV <gasps> Plus. Yay, I have finally. Finally. Yeah. Yep. What do you think? You all convinced me to watch it. Uh, season one, episode one. <laughs> Great. Yeah. He likes to start at the beginning of the show. You've got a journey coming your like way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's funny. My family at home are watching Vampire Diaries, and, and oh, they said to me when I was back home on the Gold Coast, they said, oh, come and watch, have dinner with us and watch day. this. And I'm like, I'm not entering a show at halfway no. through season two. Also, Vampire Diaries is only it. good until the end of season two. So they've got a lot of disappointment coming to them. It really uh, falls off. It really Like, seriously, all my girls, my wife and my kids are all watching it. And they are just loving that. So that's their binge box, not mine. <laughs> Uh, but right. I am, so we can talk what about the what our families are, are watching as well. Like, hey, yeah, like, right. well, it's You've certainly not on shows. my list. Um, but <laughs> I, I really am loving Morning Wars. I wish I'd gone to it sooner, but it's probably oh, the PTSD is finally over. Maybe now is the time I can actually watch something about Morning TV. Mm. So I am, am loving it. The other one, which has been on my list for the longest time, and I finally watched it is lewis capaldi how i'm feeling now on netflix i have been wanting to watch this for a long time and it's fantastic just such a great documentary and he's my celebrity crush i love him so okay uh (laughs) and and he's so deserving of all the success okay before we get to mogs up mogs and down mogs robbo what have you been watching robbo yeah was, Thank you, Mulk. That's called Thank a pre-promote, Mulk. That's called oh, the hook sorry. to keep you through whatever <laughs> Robbo's Spot about the guy to that's say. never been involved in actual television. <sighs> yeah, no, it's, it's a pee-pee. That's what we call it. A little pee-pee. Right. It's Rob's pee-pee. <laughs> um, I've been watching What We Do in the Shadows still. I love this show. This show keeps getting yes. better and better. There are five seasons now. I think the season five yes. um, has, been, has been delivered. I'm loving that show. I've also been watching Prehistoric Planet on Apple mm. TV. 
this is great to have David Attenborough and to shoot it, you know what I mean, um, as if the dinosaurs were live and as if it was an animal documentary like they all look like is just a stroke of genius. Oh, really, really yes. good there. Yeah, it's um, a good it's idea. I was about to well, pick through oh. this until you said that last bit. I was about to go, oh, Yeah, David, it, it looks like planet Earth, like, it, you know, all of the other mm. ones, but the... the the CGI of the dinosaurs, the, the the background plates that they've shot, you know, in the wild, Looks it is amazing. a brilliant okay. TV show, and it's as if we, you know, we had a time machine and took a crew back there. Um, so they're both my picks. How do you know? I only do two because I played by the rules. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark, give us your two, and then your ups Jesus. and downs. Right. So, friends, the two that I want to talk about um, this week, uh, Rob has alluded to one of them. Uh, that is Morning Wars. Season 3 started this week on Apple TV Plus with a double episode. Um, I've been fortunate enough to access the previews provided by Apple and I've watched the entire series. It's amazing. So without Does Reese Witherspoon have a future in it? Because I've just been watching episode 1. No spoilers. No spoilers. (laughs) Do you want us to spoil this for you or what? I am going to say that while season two may not be as good writing-wise as season one was, and we acknowledge the COVID influence in part of why that happens. No excuse. It is back with a vengeance. Season three is blistering start to finish. You will. At, I literally watched it because I was just like, now I have to watch the next mm. episode, and now I have to. Watch That's the why next I'm going to wait till the end of the season before I watch it all because I just oh. can't. I can't do the week by week. It is an absolute ripper. Mm. And the character development that pays off in season Mm. three from the first two seasons, chef's kiss. It is brilliant. That's Morning Wars season three, which Rob has all ahead of him uh, on Apple TV Plus available right now, eking out week by week for season three, but seasons one and two all there available. um, I just want to do a welfare check on you. Do you ever sleep? No. Because you seem to be able to consume a lot of television. I do consume a lot of And work and live. I, I'm worried, but I'm, I'm very impressed. It's it's why I'm a morbidly obese man. Um, <laughs> the other thing that oh, I'm oh, going to uh, tell you about started its second season today on Disney+, and that is Welcome to Wrexham. So we, we may have caught up, should have caught up, that Ryan Reynolds uh, and Rob McElhenney, yes. two actors, bought into like a fifth-tier Premier League club in the UK. They became the owners after some jostling, and that's all filled out in, in, in season one. And it just proved that it is a show with so much heart, and if you just step through the curtain of, oh, but of course they're only doing it for fame or whatever, mate, if they're doing it for fame, it is costing them a shit ton of money. <laughs> Um, it's it's just it's just delightful, and it has made me, along with I'm sure thousands of other people around the world, actual fans of Wrexham AFC. Um, and look, bring it on! Like I, they 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 managed uh, a, a rare feat in uh, in the Premier League in the last season since the season ended, like the TV season ended, to where we are now. So we're going to get a lot more of that, and frankly. Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney are two of the funniest blokes getting mm-hmm. around on TV. Love so you put them. them together. They didn't know each other super well at the start, and now they have been through the fire together, and it is brilliant to watch. So good. They acknowledged that part of why they got involved was to help turn around this almost forgotten former steel mill mining town uh, in, in England, and it's, it's, it, everybody has raised their heads. 
It is so delightful, so wonderful. That's Welcome to Wrexham Season 2. First episode dropped today. There's a whole bunch more coming our way, and it's going to be delightful. Number two. Give us a few up mulks and down mulks. Right. (laughs) Definitely big up mulks this week to the cheap seats. Killing it. Doing great jobs. Um, I'm going to down mulk kitchen cabinet, and that hurts me a little bit, but it's definitely on the down mulk list. A big up mock to Only Murders in the Building, season three mm. on Disney+. Plus. I'll get up that one lots too. Of, lots of getting up mock there. Um, yeah. mm. And I'm really seriously up mocking Gogglebox. I think that the latest season that's running out on Lifestyle and 10 is good viewing. Oh, additional up mock, the newsreader, Sunday nights on ABC and on ABC iView. Gogglebox Australia, I've got to go and start watching it again. I'm just continually addicted to the UK version. <gasps> I forgot to throw one more up mock in. Taskmaster New Zealand, this <gasps> yes! is the latest season with Ray O'Leary and Mel Love Bracewell, Mel Bracewell. is well. available in full on binge. I watched every episode of that over the weekend and oh my god, it really was good. Paul good. Williams as the Taskmaster's assistant is golden. Be huge up mock all over. Agreed. Oh, good to oh, get it up. Oh, yeah. Alright, that brings us <laughs> yeah. to the end of TV Black Box for another week. Thank you, David Robinson, Abby Nicholson, who produced this episode. Mulk, the viewer's advocate, I'm Rob McKnight. Don't forget, for all the latest news, exclusives, views and interviews, go to tvblackbox.com.au. It's where the industry gets its news and then reports it as rumours until it's confirmed and then say industry rumours, but they all heard it first on (laughs) TV Blackbox! ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. On Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.